they start referring to people that they don't believe are going to make it through the apocalypse as zombies. Murders, mysteries, unexplained stories, and our family's crazy opinions on them all. Join us now. The Family School of Thought is in session. Hey, everybody. Thanks for joining us one other one more time. Um, hope we got a good show for us today. I know Cassie's up, and um, before we get going, though, we Jesse's probably got a good. Uh, I don't know what to call them anymore. They're not tips or they're fact. history yeah. facts. His, history, history fact. you know, history brand. I don't know what it's called. History Channel, History Brand, um, unexplained mysteries. So that's the new calendar that I have this year. So. Okay. This week is the Alaskan Triangle. So Ooh. kind of, I'm assuming what you guys think it, it is, it's going to be what it is. So there's a large triangle area um, with the corners touching Juneau, Anchorage, and a very northern city of Barrow. Barrow, Barrow, Barrow has been the location of the disappearance of 16,000 people since the late 1980s. So huh. 30, well, I guess 40 years, 40 plus years. Um, the area is known as the Alaskan Bermuda Triangle. As tourists and locals on land, as well as individuals flying planes, frequently go missing while traveling in and through the triangle. Even indigenous tribes of the area have observed the mysterious phenomenon and integrated stories of these disappearances into their culture. Um, the region that the triangle sits in is known for its beautiful, rugged wilderness, and some investigators believe that this terrain is, has a lot to do with the frequent disappearances. However, many claim that it cannot be the cause for the thousands of people the thousands of people that go missing. Uh, some bodies have been discovered, but many have not, and that leaves questions regarding their final fate in Alaska's wilderness. So it could just be the rugged Alaskan wilderness, but it also could be, you know, a, the Bermuda Triangle. Right. Alaska. Wow. Interesting. That's, yeah, that's I never heard of that in Alaska, anyhow. Me either. That was the first time I heard about it. So. Cool. Well, that's good. So Come there on. you go. There's the history, unexplained mysteries, right here. The the your microphone is turned off. <laughs> Unmute your microphone. Maybe that go. is the um the the tunnel that to por the ports. There's a yep. port in Alaska, and there's a port in the Bahamas. Oh, oh yeah. Right. Well, there supposedly is a lot of um, up in the North Pole, you know, like way mm -hmm. up there. Is it Antarctica? Is that what's up there? <laughs> um, Antarctica is down below. Oh, right. Right. Well, we're on top. Yeah. Not the North Pole. We're saying as that, but <laughs> there's supposedly, you know, a lot of UFO sightings up there. And yeah. supposedly there's a big hole in the earth where you can get into the earth. That is Antarctica. That's the South Pole. Okay. Yeah. Oh, okay. South. Yeah. Yeah. So maybe these are, maybe they really are portholes mm -hmm. to a new world. Could be. Could be. And what do you think about, and what do you think about that new, uh, 
I was just going to say, they just discovered the new habitable the new planet. planet. So, yeah. Well, I forget what it's called, like 72B or something. Like yeah, they, it, it's got a long name. Huh. Yeah. I don't know. I haven't heard about that, but that's cool. But they say it's hotter than Earth, so mm -hmm. they don't know that there's living objects or actually, people. you know what? I think. <clears throat> hold on, let me see. Is it like beyond all the planets that we know of? It's probably um, so, many far, it's so many so many distance. It's so oh. much distance from Earth. I mean, yeah, it's it was just discovered. Like they just released it. They okay. just had a big article on it and on the news tonight and yeah. I uh, skipped over it. I was getting dinner and I kept going in and out trying to get it. And mm -hmm. I guess I missed the important parts of it. Yeah. Hmm. I need a photogenic memory. Don't we all? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, just, I don't mean put us out of, uh, gear here but we were talking about lisa marie presley dying you remember when yeah. we were oh at she, died? she died she just died yeah she just oh, died no. it was it just oh, come over I, my phone. i saw yeah i saw that she was hospitalized and, and she, she was, was in the Golden globes remember yeah. when we were in new york and we were at the hard rock cafe and she was there me? I remember being at the Hard Rock Cafe, but I don't remember being there. No, no. Actually, you know what? I wasn't there because I, I didn't go to New York. I New York with you guys. No, it was I didn't. Okay. Uh, it was me and your mother. Oh. And Brad and gotcha. Kim. Yeah. Gotcha. Okay. We were in New York, and she was there, and so was uh, Bon Jovi, the whole group. Yeah. Remember that? Yeah, they were eating dinner, and then they were in a hotel. Well, they are in the table next to us. Anyways, I'm sorry. Let's get on. Cass, you got a song for us? I Maybe do. Lisa, it would be really cool if you did a Lisa Marie Presley song. Uh, I didn't. I, uh, yeah, I didn't. I wish, I not that I wish she died, but I wish I would have thought ahead, I guess. Mm -hmm. uh, but it is a song that you guys know, and it's a song, I don't know if you like this song, but I know you like this band, Dad. Um. This week's song is Jenny Was a Friend of Mine by The oh. Killers. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I know Dad loves the, you know, studio album Hot Fuss, which is the lead, this is the lead track on the Hot Fuss uh, album. Yeah. Yep. Um, and okay. it's actually... <laughs> so Brandon Flowers, Brandon Flowers, the lead singer of this song, actually took inspiration um, from the murder of Jennifer Levin by Robert Cummings, or, or I'm sorry, Robert Chambers, um, also known as the uh, Central Park Strangler or the Preppy Killer. Um, I feel like I heard this before, yeah. Yeah. Um, it has lyrics such as, there is no motive for this crime. Jenny was a friend of mine. Um, and it's basically, he took inspiration from Robert Chambers' confessional tapes. Hmm. Wow. I yeah, I, I feel like maybe I heard this before. Yeah, but. yeah, um, but this. So if I, I don't know if you guys know, but this is Jennifer was found strangled to death in Central Park on uh, August 26, 1986. Um, and Robert basically tried to make it seem like it was uh, an accident, mutual sexual encounter, which then turned out to not be. He, you know, assaulted her and left it her to die. Rough sex. Yes, yes, exactly. Um, but so 
this song, Jenny Was a Friend of Mine, is actually one of three songs that the Killers fans have basically dubbed the Murder Trilogy um, with songs including Midnight Show and Leave It in the Bourbon Room, which all three songs describe the murder of a young girl named Jenny. Oh, my God. Uh, Wow. That's pretty creepy. Pretty dark. Yeah. Well, their band name is The Killers. So... Yeah, you got a point there. Um, but <laughs> they are right in the name. <laughs> they so they're not specifically a Christian band, but they all are Mormons. Oh, I okay. did not know. Well, you know what? I feel like I've heard that before, and it's like I, it doesn't oh, just it can't register so, in my brain. So yeah, so like it's one of those things where people like now that they like know that they are all Mormons, they like go back and think through all the songs, and then they're like, wait a minute, is this a Christian song about Jesus? <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Oh. Brightside. Yeah. Oh. Hmm. So now you know the killers, a band oh. to think about. Wow. Oh. Well, oh, I Fallout Boy, I always put the categorize the two together because they came <laughs> out about the same time and I was a big fan of both. But the lead singer of Fallout Boy, Trivia <laughs> Here. He does the theme song for the Spidey team on Disney, or like the little cartoons that Owen watches. There you go. And they're called the Killer Boys? Nope. Two different nope. bands. Killers, two different the bands. Killers, the Killers is what Cassie's talking about. I just talked about Fallout Boy, which is a completely different band. Two different bands. All right. Well, good, Cass. And Jeff, both of you, you're good. Um, I just wanted to uh, remind people where to find us, the family school of thought at gmail.com. You can go to YouTube and find us, uh, the family school of thought. We are available on, where are we all available? Spotify, um, Podbean. We are on Amazon Music, Amazon Podcasts. Um, Google Podcasts. Basically, just Google the Family School of Thought, and you will find us there. Yeah, I know you can ask. I don't even want to say her name because she's sitting. <laughs> there. Uh, yes, and, and she will pull us up. Yeah, yeah. It was an so. echo. All right, all right. With that being said, please, guys, I'll push the like button and feel free to uh, comment to us and um, share our site with people. We'd appreciate it and anything we do to grow the site. With that, Cass, you're up this week. All right. So I'm doing kind of another relevant case. Um, This one still has yet to go to trial. Um, It is supposed to go to trial um, this spring, um, but there's some other things going on that may delay it. Um, So I won't spoil it too far. Um, but this is the case of Lori Vallow and uh, her murdered children, uh, Ty Lee and J.J. Vallow. Right. So, Lori Vallow, um, born Lori Cox, uh, was the third of four children. She has two brothers and a younger sister. Her brothers are Alex and Adam, and then her s- sister is Summer. Um, and she was born in 1973. Um, 
And she actually grew up in an LS, uh, LDS Mormon family, so Latter-day Saints Mormon family. She was, their family was very involved in the Mormon church. Um, and she, at 19, married her high school sweetheart in 1992, Nelson Yanes. Um, it doesn't seem like they even lasted a year. It just says married, divorced in the same year. Um, and then she married her second husband, a William uh, Laguini, Lunguani, sorry. Uh, he, and they were married in 1995 to 1998. Um, this marriage, um, she had her first son um, who uh, named Colby. Um, and they, once they divorced, um, it seemed like they just went, their separate ways. It doesn't seem like Colby had much to do with his father um, after the divorce. Um, and then a couple of years later in 2001, she married Joseph Ryan Jr. Uh, and this will be Ty Lee's father. Um, and the, again, she's only married to him um, for a couple of years, 2001 to 2005. Um, and during this time, she is a hairstylist in Austin, Texas, um, but she also uh, uh, is in a Miss uh, Texas pageant. Uh, she competes in this pageant, and basically a lot of her family members said she adored the attention she got from this pageant and being on the stage. Um, and then I'm not sure what year she went on Wheel of Fortune, um, but she did go on the TV show, TV show Wheel of Fortune and for, um, was a contestant on there. And she actually told family members and friends that God had told her to go on the show. And that is why she went on the show. And basically throughout her whole life, she seems very much devoted to Mormonism. She is very much involved um, and listens to God. Um, she, it's, it doesn't seem like this is like a rarity for her to say God told her to do something. Um, but her third marriage ends um, when it is found out that her husband Joe has been abusing her son Colby for years. Oh. Um, and he also abused her as well. Um, and unfortunately it seems like maybe with Colby it was a sexual abuse. Um, and due to this, um, her, Lori's brother, Alex actually, um, uh, finds Joe and I guess tases him. Um, it seems really weird, but you know, obviously like if your brother finds out someone's abusing you and sexually abusing your son, like it makes sense. Um, but it is also pretty much the first sign that something is not right with Alex, um, the brother. Um, after her third marriage ends, um, she gets married to her most, I, like, I don't want to say well-known husband, but basically it's the one she was with the longest. Um, and his name is Charles Vallow. And they were married in 2006. Um, and he had sons in a previous marriage as well. So they basically became this kind of very combined family. Um, and it seemed to be a very happy family, very um, loving family. But she 
again is she what the what a lot of people say is that she falls really deep into religion at this point um she claims that god has told her that their family needs to move to hawaii um and so she does she basically packs up her whole family and they move to hawaii and live there for a couple years um but while she's there, she begins to complain to a lot of her family friends about Charles and their marriage. And it, a lot of them say that it, he didn't seem to be her spiritual equal. She wanted a husband who was as devout as she was and who cared about her religion as much as she did. Um, and so there's a lot of not strife between them because it doesn't really seem like even Charles is aware of this at this point. Um, but that she is questioning her marriage to Charles. Um, and then she claims to a friend that she is now being, uh, she's in constant contact and being led by the angel Maroney. Um, and he again seems to tell her to pack up and leave um, and move back to the, the, you know, states, not the states, obviously, Hawaii is in the states, but the, the mainlands, I guess. Um, they, she's told that they need to move to Arizona. Um, and so as they do, I think this is in about 2017. So her and Charles have been married for um you know 11 years and actually i forgot so uh they're married in 2006 and then charles's sister has her grandson is born on march 25th 2012 um and his name is joshua jackson um and he gets taken away from his family and so um Lori and Charles decide to adopt him um and they adopt him in 2014 when he's two years old and he is now known as JJ Vallow um and again this this is while they're living in Kauai Hawaii um uh and but in 2017 they moved to Arizona uh and Colby, who is now an adult, this is her first son, um, gets married to his uh, longtime girlfriend, um, and her name is Kelsey, uh, and Kelsey immediately feels that Lori dislikes her, like, a lot. Um, she is very um, volatile towards Kelsey, um, even, like, she clearly doesn't want Colby to even be with Kelsey when they get married. Um, Lori seems very upset by this. Um, and it said that after Colby and Kelsey get married, she basically starts the, the downfall is what it is. Um, and she starts not just becoming like is super religious but she is now a doomsday prepper basically she believes that there's going to be a second coming of christ and only the 
the like most devout are going to survive it basically um and she and her brother alex start listening to podcasts that are basically all pertain to this kind of belief system um that only extremists are going extremists are going to survive basically um and while she is in the midst of this she basically reads a book by a man named chad daybell he has become well known in this kind of society groups um as uh he's an author of multiple self-published books um one of which is called living on the edge of heaven which he describes his two near-death experiences um where in the first one he claims um he was after his near his first near-death experience he was given um the power of um prophecy basically he can see into the future and see what has happened or what's going to happen so he has become basically this guiding light in the community of what to prepare for what to expect um and he seems to be a very big part of this community um a lot of people seem to listen to him now with everything that has happened a lot of these people who are second guessing him now it seems like they were a part of this group to begin with so it's like now that everything's come forward they're like well he seemed to be going a little too far but i didn't want to say anything you know i didn't want to be the first one to call him out so for it, it. so it was a cult it was a cult it's a very much a cult um you're in arizona is this um well so he's actually from idaho um he is well known he he lived in rexenburg idaho um, and this is actually Rexenburg, Idaho, again, which is where he is. I think he lived in Salem, Idaho, but like Rexenburg was like his his like big base. Basically, his his publishing company, Spring Creek Publishing, was in Rexenburg. Um, and Coinkadink, when the Second Coming comes, Rexenburg is the New Jerusalem. That's what God has said is Rexenburg, Idaho is going to be the New what Jerusalem. Where all the, I know. What are the odds? So crazy. Um, but he's, you know, he's crazy. Like, let's just all <laughs> say it like it is. Um, and so he is this basically prophet to them. Um, and Lori has become kind of, so she starts a podcast called, um, Feel the fire, I want to say. I have it written somewhere. Um, but she starts a podcast with her friends and her brother Alex. Um, and she's kind of become this um, idolized person in this group. Um, she seems to have a lot of pull with these people. Um, and there's actually a conference in 2018, the fall of 2018, called Preparing a People, um, where um, a lot of these groups are coming together basically to meet. Chad Daybell is going to be a speaker at this conference. Um, and this is when Lori and Chad meet for the first time um, in person, I should say. I don't know if they had any kind of contact before that. I think he may have been on her podcast. Um, but this timeline is like so they, strange. Like they allow anybody in the world to just start a podcast. I know. Like anybody can have a podcast and talk about anything they want and people will listen. <laughs> Craziness. 
crazy. Yeah. Um, but so they meet in 2018 at this conference. Um, and one of Lori's friends says that immediately when they met, uh, Chad told Lori that they had been married in multiple of their past lives and that they were connected spiritually. Now, mind you, Chad is married to a woman named Tammy, um, and they've been married since 1990. It is 2018, <laughs> uh, and they're still married. They have five children, and he is telling this woman he just met that they have been married in multiple past lives, that they are connected spiritually. Lori is still married at this point as well. So, I, it, and this is basically the start of the downfall. Um, yeah, so Lori's podcast, Feel the Fire, um, she becomes fanatic uh, after she meets Chad. Um, and Chad has a ranking system of who is going to, who's most likely to survive um, the second coming of Christ. Uh, and it's basically a, a ranking system of like dark to light, of course, um, who is basically a light being who is godly, who is worthy and who is not worthy, who is dark, who is um, against them. Uh, and they start referring to people that they don't believe are going to make it through the apocalypse as zombies. Um and these are the people that, in multiple cases, they say their their spirit may have already died. Their body is just moving along without them. Or, in worst case scenario, that something else is inhabiting their body. Uh, and one of the first cases of this, of course, is Charles Vallow, Lori's wife, uh, Lori's husband. Um, and Lori starts telling her friends that Charles is dead and the spirit controlling his body is a demon, um, either named Ned or Nick, um, kind of a weird name for a demon, but Hey, who am I to judge? Um, but so Charles, her husband is dead and his body is being inhabited by a, a demon. Um, and she, basically tells her family to cut him off. Um, she says she's going to divorce him, takes the kids, moves out of the house. Um, I think he ends up moving to Houston and she stays in Arizona. Um, and but does he, he take the nephew? No, she, so it's really strange. Well, so they're, it's their adopted child. So it's their adopted child, no matter what. Um, but she takes JJ with her. She, so at this point, so she has three kids of her own, Colby, who is an adult and married, and then Ty Lee, who is 16, and JJ, who is seven. Or I think they may be like 15 and six at this point, um, but um, they are children in her care. Um, but she takes, she, they stay with her in Arizona and he goes to Houston. Um, but he is very worried about the children. He is, he says that she has threatened to kill him multiple times. Um, she refers to him as Ned. She refuses to call him Charles when he's around. Um, and he, on multiple occasions, 
basically begs people to get her help, begs people to believe him. Um, but she tells basically all her family and all her friends that he's acting out because she caught him cheating. And he's basically trying to gaslight them all into taking his side. Um, and so a lot of her family basically brushes him off. He like tries to email them multiple times uh, about her behavior, about her and Chad's very creepy relationship with each other. Um, but nobody, everybody kind of believes what she's saying about him and kind of brushes him off, kind of calls him crazy and leaves it at that. Um, and then in January of 2019, um, Charles tries to call the police on her. Um, he basically tries to pick up JJ, I believe, for a, just like a random, like, a, not random, but like it, one of his scheduled visits, um, and she is not there. Um, he tells the police that she is acting very suspicious, and he is very worried about the child, the children's um health um but they basically search the house search Lori's house and don't find anything uh, they don't find anybody there but and then they also just don't find anything evidence to prove his point um so unfortunately they leave without really doing too much about that um and then I think either the next day or a couple days later after this this police incident um Charles calls the police again when he tries to um, drop JJ off at school. Um, and she, they get into kind of like a scuffle or something um, where he either takes her car keys or he, she takes his car keys. Something's going on. He calls the police basically um, saying that she is erratic. Um, he is very worried about himself as well as the children. Um, and she's not there when the police arrive so she is asked to come into the police station and she willingly goes to the police station and gives a testimony does an interview their daughter tylee is there um she seems very calm she seems very um put together mentally there um or so the police say um she basically gives them the story that she's given everybody else that she caught Charles cheating and now he's acting out, um, trying to turn everyone against her. Um, no mention of demons, no mention of Ned or Nick, no mention of zombies, apocalypse, nothing like that. Um, just basically says to the police, this is, you know, Charles using a gaslighting tactic to get back, back at her. Um, uh, and the police, basically, the only thing they can do because of both of these complaints is basically sit, um, have Lori and Charles um, do psyche evals, um, and nothing seems to come from either of these evals. Um, a lot of Lori's family say that because she wasn't, <laughs> basically, because she wasn't locked up from this psyche eval, they, they believe that that was the like basically the nail in the coffin that they now trusted her more than they trusted Charles because all this evidence he said he had all this like mental instability that he believes she has would have been noticeable to a psyche valve. 
Um, so they basically cut Charles off completely. The only person who will talk to Charles is Lori's brother, Adam. So she has the two brothers, like I said, Alex and Adam. Alex is the one who is doing the podcast with her. He's the one who assaulted her former husband, Joseph. Um, and Adam seems to be the very calm, quiet one. He's the only one in, it, in Lori's entire family who will even respond to his texts or calls or emails. Um, and the two actually, Adam and Charles, set up a kind of a family meeting slash intervention just about, they basically just try to say, you know, Lori's, this doomsday thing is really bad like the you know we need to like sit down and talk about this like doomsday apocalypse thing because she has the podcast like like she can't say she doesn't feel these things because she's on a podcast every week talking about how the second coming of christ is you know coming in the next year in 2020 that this is going to happen and everyone's half the population is going to die so they basically say that they're going to have a family meeting about this um Lori is somehow tipped off about it. She knows Adam is coming to Arizona. And also Charles is going to be there. He's supposed to pick up JJ um, for a scheduled, uh, uh, I forget what the term is called. Visitation. Visitation, thank you. Um, so this is July 11th, 2019. Um, <laughs> Charles shows up to Lori's house to pick up JJ and unfortunately Lori's brother Alex is there and within 20 minutes of Charles being there Alex sh shoots and kills Charles in Lori's house now um, Lori, Alex and even Ty Lee claimed that this was in self-defense. Um, they claimed that Charles was basically super aggravated while he was there. He was yelling, um, yelling at Lori, yelling at Alex, um, threatening everybody. Um, Ty Lee claims that she was so scared she got out of her baseball bat and was trying to basically fight him off. Okay, um, who's her, Ty Lee again? Ty Lee is the daughter, so it's Lori's daughter. And how old is she? She's 16 at this time. Mm -hmm. um, and, and it's Lori's brother that tried to, that killed him. Yes. So Lori's brother, Alex, shot and killed Charles in what he claims is self-defense. Uh, he claims that Lori got the children out of the house. Um, Charles had gotten the bat from Ty Lee and was threatening Alex with the bat. He claims that Charles hit him in the back of the head with his bat and he did have a laceration. He, so he had a injury to the back of his head when police did show up. Um, but so he, there's a phone, like he calls the cops, tells them, um, he has shot, he has shot Charles. He doesn't say that Charles is dead or dying. Um, and they, you know, they're like, okay, we'll be there as soon as possible. We need you to perform CPR um, to keep him breathing. Um, 
And he claims that he is doing this, but forensic evidence that then shows basically he waited 43 minutes to call the cops from the time he shot Charles. Um, and he shot Charles multiple times. Um, the first one, uh, he could have shot in self-defense. We don't know, but basically the others are were all when Charles was on the ground. Um, and then he did not perform CPR at all during the calls, even though he was basically like the 911 operator was giving him instructions. He was saying, yes, I'm doing this. Yep. Okay. I'm doing that. Yep. I do that. I'm doing that. Um, none of these things could be found to be done um, on Charles's body. Um, but police basically say it was self-defense and leave it at that. Alex is released from custody. Um, and that was basically the end of that. And that was the end of Charles's story, unfortunately. Um, very sad. Um, of course, a couple of days after Charles's death, Lori tries to claim his life insurance policy, which would have been $1 million. Luckily, though, Charles had taken her off the policy um, and it was actually going to go to JJ, um, his paternal grandmother, so Charles's sister. She received the, the entirety of the life insurance policy. Um, and also, Lori texted Charles's two sons, texted her, <laughs> Charles's biological sons that he had passed away uh, and that she was waiting for um, the medical examiner to give her any information about what happened. And she also told her son Colby that he had died from a heart attack. Uh, and she told JJ's school that Charles had committed suicide. So she is basically telling multiple different stories of what happened to Charles, none of which include the fact that her brother killed him, shot and killed him. Or that, so she even tells the police that she heard both gunshots and just left. She heard the gunshots, but she didn't hear them very loudly, so she didn't think anything of it, and just left with JJ and uh, Ty Lee, which, as a mother, like, maybe. Um, but there is um, body cam footage of once she comes back to the scene um, of the, like, getting questioned by police. And now, knowing everything that happens, multiple news sources basically are saying, you can clearly see her smiling. Like, she never asks if Charles is okay. She never asks if he's even alive. Um, and she seems very calm and put together. She doesn't seem upset at all that someone who's she was married to for, you know, almost 10 years, or more than 10 years, um, is dead. 13 years is dead. Mm. Um, she's has no remorse, it seems, to most people. Oh. Um, and shortly after this, um, so this is in July when Charles dies, uh, she gets word from God again that she has to move. Um, and crazy enough, he tells her to move to Idaho, um, Rexenburg, Idaho, to be exact. Um, so that's what she does. She moves, she takes JJ, she takes Ty Lee, and she moves to Rexenburg, Idaho. Um, and 
August is basically the last time uh, JJ's grandmother has any form of real contact with him. Um, so this is basically shortly after they leave for Idaho is the last time anyone from JJ's family has contact with him. Um, uh, and then basically nobody hears from either of the children after that um, of their family, basically. So Colby, who is now basically on the outs with his mother because he doesn't believe, or he's very upset with how Lori handled Charles's death. Uh, Colby says that Charles was basically the only male father figure he had his entire life. And for her to lie to him about his death and then obviously be completely unremorseful of the fact that he's dead really hit him hard. Um, so he has been basically ousted by his mother. Um, he tries to contact both Tylee and JJ. Um, and for a while he gets um, text messages and very short calls, um, but soon, like right around her birthday, I believe, which is September 24th, um, he notices that the text messages don't seem the, like they're Ty Lee. They seem very off. Um, and he doesn't believe that it's actually Ty Lee texting him. Um, he tries to talk to his mother about this multiple times and she blows it off, says, no, it's her. She just, you know, very upset with you. She, you know, doesn't agree with your lifestyle, all this, blah, blah, blah. Um, uh, so basically everyone in Lori's family, in JJ's family, in Tylee's family, loses contact with the children um, in around August and September. And now going back to Chad Daybell, again, he is still married at this time, um, but his wife, Tammy, on October 9th of 2019, gets attacked in her house by a man wearing a ski mask and what she believes to be a paint gun. Um, but when she yells for Chad um, to help, he runs out and simply talks to the assailant, and then the assailant escapes. Um, and she posts about it on Facebook, but nothing ever comes from it. No one can ever find who attacked her. So it was Chad. No, well, so Chad was in the house, and she called out to Chad, and he went, like, running, but he basically didn't do anything. Like, he ran up to the assailant, and they, like, had a chat, and then the assailant took off. Um, but this was October 9th of 2019. And then suddenly, on October 19th, 2019, just 10 days later, Tammy dies in her home of natural causes at age 49. Hmm. Yeah. And, yeah, so now both Charles and Tammy are deceased. Um, Lori is now in Rexenburg, Idaho, um, where Chad is. Um, and Alex, Lori's brother, I think he moves in either November or December. He also moves to Rexenburg, Idaho. Um and uh, let me see, I think in September, I think, September 23rd, um, 
JJ is pulled from his elementary school in Rexenburg, Idaho. Um, she basically tells his school, Lori tells his school that he's going to be homeschooled instead of going to school. Um, and this is the last time JJ is physically seen. Um, I think Ty Lee had been missing since early September. Nobody had seen her since early September. Um, I don't know what happened with her schooling. I think she was telling people that she was away at school. Um, but that's all basically the information we have about what she was saying about where Ty Lee was at this time. Um, but so it... Tammy dies in October, and then uh, JJ's grandmother tries to do a welfare check on JJ because she has not been in contact with him since August, um, and she does a welfare check on him in November, actually. So late November, November 26th, um, the Rexenburg Police Department is sent out to an address that I, the, I, JJ's grandmother actually had to find from Amazon because Lori refused to even give her the address, her new address. Um, but she had purchased something off of Charles's Amazon and was sent to an address in Rexenburg. So that's how JJ's grandmother even got her address to give to the Rexenburg police. Um, but they do a welfare check on November 26th um, where Lori, so they get there, they get to Lori's house, which is in an, in an apartment complex. Um, and Alex, her brother, Alex Cox answers her door. Um, and right behind him is Chad Daybell. So when they get to Lori's house, the only two people in the house are Alex Cox, her brother, and Chad Daybell, whose wife had just died a month prior. Um, and they, so the police are like, all right, do you know where JJ's at? We're doing a welfare check on JJ. Um, and he says, gosh, what does he say? He tells the police that she, he, that, so he tells the police, oh, JJ's with his grandmother in Louisiana. And they're like, that's impossible because she's, she's the person the who called <laughs> She's the person who called us here. So he's not with his her grandmother. Um, and so they're like, all right, you clearly don't know anything. He, They said that he was very cagey. He kept looking back to Chad anytime they asked Alex a question. Um, and so they're like, all right, you don't really know anything. Where's Lori? We're looking for Lori and her children. And they're like, oh, Lori is down in apartment like 107, like a couple doors down with her um, friend and I think niece actually. So her niece was there. Um, come to find out all these people are living in this apartment complex. They have multiple houses in this apartment complex. They are full on culting it up. They are living in a commune. Nice. Um, yeah. But so please go find Lori and they're like, all right, so where's JJ? We're getting multiple, multiple things about where JJ is. Where's JJ? And she's like, oh, he's back in Arizona with one of my friends. Uh, he went to go visit my friend in Arizona. Um, when they try to call this friend, I think her name is Melanie. She doesn't answer any of their calls. Well, come to find out, 
he's obviously not with Melanie in Arizona. And Melanie is very upset that Lori told the police that she had JJ. And this comes forward in the court case. She basically comes and she's, she recorded all of her calls with Lori after this, where she's like, why would you do that? That's such a strange thing to do. Like, why would you make the police come, come question me about where your missing child's at? Um, and Lori basically tells her, oh, well, I didn't want to actually have to tell them where he's at. And when Melanie says, well, where is he? Is he safe? She says, yes, of course he's safe. I just didn't want to tell them where he's at. And she says, well, where is he at? And she doesn't want to answer. And then she finds out Chad is on the call. Chad starts talking. He's, you know, uh, questioning Melanie's faith. You know, this is a, we're doing God's work. Why are you questioning us? And it's just very crazy. And nobody knows where JJ is at at this point nobody knows where Ty Lee is really at at this point but unfortunately most of Ty Lee's like family is coming from Lori's side so they trust Lori um the only reason I think any of this really happened was because of JJ's family um Charles's family um but so this was in late November um November 26, 2019 is when this welfare check happens. Um, and then a bunch of things happen. So basically the last couple months of basically from July until 2020, basically, it's just like one month after another, something happens. Um, and with all this like doomsday stuff happening, uh, Chad and Lori, who have become basically the two leaders of this, you know, group of people, basically tell everyone to get married to each other. Um, Alex, Lori's brother, gets married to another person in the group named Zulema. Um, uh, Lori's niece, who had just divorced somebody, um, got married to another member, Ian. Um, these were like within days of each other. These couples got married. Uh, and they basically, Chad and Lori told them, like, this was, these marriages are supposed to happen. These marriages will keep you safe during the second coming. Um, and then so much crazy stuff is happening around them. Um, and especially with the welfare check, Chad being at the welfare check for the children, um, authorities start to basically question a lot of things that are happening. Um. I think before his death, Charles had alluded to an affair between Chad and Lori. And so a lot of the cops were questioning now Tammy's death. Um, so they actually, in on December 11th of 2019, the authorities decide to uh, investigate her death. They decide, to ex they decide to excavate her body and basically do an autopsy on what happened to Tammy. Like, why would she die at 49? Um, and a day later, so December 11th, they decide to exhume Tammy's body. On December 12th, Alex Cox, Lori's brother, who had told his wife multiple times that he felt like he was becoming the fall man for Chad and Lori, dies in Arizona um, in Zulema's house. Uh, again, natural causes. Uh, he apparently had blood clots in his lungs and high blood pressure which ran in his family. His mother said it ran in their family, but it just seems very odd that the day after 
Tammy is exhumed, he passes away and he had been telling his family or his wife that he felt like the fall man. Um, and then everything now that's going on, we've got multiple deaths going on. We've got children missing. On December 20th of 2019, Rexenberg Police Department officially announces uh, a missing person for Ty Lee and JJ. They are 16 and 7 at this point. Um, and so the search goes on, basically, and Chad and Lori disappear. Um, right after the welfare check, that's like basically the last time anyone really sees either of them. Um, they, I think they still do the podcast, maybe, I'm not sure, um, but they are not seen. They're, the apartment that the police showed up to is empty when they go back. Um, and they go missing all the way up until January of 2020. Uh, I think on, I can't remember when they find them, um, but local authorities in Hawaii actually find Chad Daybell and Lori Vallow in Kauai, Hawaii. Um, and once they find them, because with the missing persons of Tylee and JJ, they say you have five days to produce these children to any authorities whatsoever. Like you have to produce these children. Um, and this is on January 25th. Um, Lori misses this court date, um, does not produce JJ or Tylee. So she is uh, arrested and actually extradited back to Idaho um, where she is charged with felony two felony accounts for desertion and non-support of dependent children um she's taken to court she's basically asked where are your children she refuses to answer um when colby gets involved her son her oldest son she just says you know what do you think i did like of course they're safe they're my children like what would you expect from me um and never says where they are, never says what happened to them, um, gives no indication. She is the only one of the two to get arrested at this time. Chad Daybell is a free man at this point. Um, she is in custody. Um, and I think, I, I don't remember what happens, but she basically is in jail. And she remains in jail to this day. Like, she never got out after that. Um, so, police do a bunch of investigating. They uh, find Ty Lee's phone um, and trace her records. They take Alex's phone and trace his records, trace Chad's phone, trace Lori's phone. And all these phones basically lead to Chad Daybell's home in Salem, Idaho. Uh, Alex was at the house, he was in the backyard, um, all these phones were pinged within, like, a mile of his backyard. So, they were, police decided... They were, buried, they were buried in his backyard? Yeah. So, police decide to, uh, search the property. How could the battery still be alive? What? How could the battery still be alive, being buried? No, 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 these were, like, all, like... The phones weren't at the property. They found the phones in other places. So I think Ty Lee's phone was actually with Lori in Hawaii. 
and then Alex's phone they got after his death. Uh, and same with Glory and Chad's, they got them once they began investigating. Oh. Um, but so police search the property of Chad Daybell where they find two sets of human remains oh. uh, at, on June 9th. Uh, and then actually, so it, it's insane. I don't know why he would do this. He's crazy. But Chad Daybell is arrested that day because he is at the scene while they're searching. And then as soon as they find uh, the human remains, he takes off in his car and basically is this huge police chase where he gets arrested at the end of it for fleeing. Um, and he gets two felony counts of destruction of and concealment of evidence, basically. Um, uh, but so these are the charges they have. Lori has abandonment of her children. He has um, concealment or destruction of, of evidence because both human remains were found charred and he had texted. So actually, we'll get to it. Um, they are identified as JJ and Ty Lee, both sets of remains. Um, so JJ and Ty Lee are now, um, they are now confirmed to be dead. And so, like I said, the last time either of them has been seen is in September. The last picture of Ty Lee was taken on September 8th um, of 2019. And then on, two, on September 9th, so a day after the last picture of Ty Lee was taken, Chad Daybell texts his wife about a huge raccoon that was on their property that he shot and burned the remains of. So they believe that this was an excuse um, for any noise she heard while he was fire on the property and, and the fire that was on the property. So they believe Ty Lee was killed and buried on September 9th of 2019. Um, but there is, like I said, JJ was seen at school up until September 23rd, 24th. Um, so he is believed to have been alive up until that point. Um, and the last picture, seen his sister get killed. Maybe. And he was also unfortunate. Uh, he was, so he was autistic and they believe that he may have seen something that happened to her or heard about something that happened to Ty Lee. And sometimes with autism, it's, they repeat something, they can't get it out of their head. So they think that he just became a liability. He had maybe said something to somebody else or repeated something too many times. Um, and so he was killed around September 23rd, 24th or 25th. Mm -hmm. I think they said that they saw a picture of him wearing the exact clothing that his body was found in, um, in a picture that was taken on September 23rd. So that is the last time that he was spotted alive basically oh. um and yeah so that unfortunately is basically what we know of this story right now um both chad and Lori are awaiting trial which is is supposed to be supposed to be set in um the fall of 2023 or i'm sorry the spring of 2023 um but unfortunately, with everything that is happening in Idaho right now with the young 
kids, the four young college kids, kids yeah. that got, got murdered, I, I can't, I don't think it might get delayed, but I wouldn't put it past them, put it past the possibility of this trial being basically pushed back. Um, but January 5th of 2023, um, so just a couple days ago, um, like six or seven days ago now, um, when this airs, it'll be further back, but Lori actually submitted a alibi that stated she was not in the apartment where her children were killed on September, um, and that it was actually Alex's apartment where she, the children died. So I think they're going to basically try to pin it on Alex, which is exactly what they said Alex said they would do. Uh, and that's, I think, so she, I think her lawyers actually tried to get the insanity plea, um, said that she wouldn't stand trial. Um, she's not competent, but I, that actually got turned over. So she is going to stand trial. She ought to, she needs to burn in hell. Yeah. Um, it's insane. Um, I think the last thing, which I forgot to talk about. So her children die in September and then they're confirmed to be dead at least in September and in November just a couple like two months later her and Chad Daybell are married in Hawaii so Chad and Lori are now officially married they got married two <laughs> two months after her children died and one month after his wife died so now they can't testify against each other I don't think they would have testified against each other either. I don't think the courts would even try to do that. Well, now they legally can't. Yeah. <laughs> They're just going to pin it all on Alex. And anything that, goes, did. anything that goes to court. Well, I'm sure he did. I think he does think, I think he did do it. I think he clearly think, showed signs that he was willing to do whatever it took for Lori. Um, so I wouldn't put it past him. Um, I wouldn't put it past him. But I do think that that's what they're going to try to do is pin it all on Alex and say that Lori and Chad had no idea what happened. Well, hopefully they'll get Alex's wife to vouch some of this. Or I mean, how does anybody in that cult not know anything about this? They all lived in the same apartment. So how could they not know anything that went on? Everybody had to have known well, something. Well, that they did. So they did. I don't know what they're going to really do with the case of the other people who died. So with Charles, with Alex, um, with Lori's niece, they tried to kill her ex-husband as well. They didn't succeed. Um, but basically, everybody who was in this cult, who was in this doomsday cult, like I said from the beginning, they called them zombies. They said that these were souls, these were bodies of people that were not the same people. They were not the same souls. So they had no qualms with killing these people. Um, they believed that they were doing God's work when they were killing these people. So I don't really know what they're going to do with that kind of everything that's leading up to that. But um, yeah, I don't think any of these people who were friends with them, who followed Charles, or who followed Chad or Lori, had any problems with the murders that were happening? And if they would, if everybody would have just listened, and the police would have listened to Charles, well, they could have yeah. stopped this a long time ago. This yeah. played out in the media the whole, pretty much yeah. the whole time. Yeah. yeah. Um, but um, 
how long did she continue to do her podcast? Or is she still doing it now? She's probably still doing it. Somebody's probably still doing it now. Um, It doesn't say when exactly she stopped this podcast because it wasn't like specifically her podcast. It was like she was like a like a guest, not a guest. I don't know. Like it, it, it was a podcast for this group of people. So multiple right. people did episodes. Oh, so she was kind of like, guess, uh, my question was, she's still continuing, continuing with the same whole philosophy the whole time or did her, or did it change any? I don't believe it changed at all leading up to her rest. And I don't even think there's a, so I got a lot of my information from articles, but also I watched, uh, there's a three part mini series on Netflix called sins of our mother, um, that I watched where I kind of got a lot of the information and there's a lot of recordings of her. Um, and it doesn't say whether it is, um, pre or post arrest. Um, but she doesn't seem to be remorseful at all. Um, Colby, her son, has tried to basically talk to her multiple times about why she did this, why, what happened to Kaylee or Tylee and JJ, and she doesn't seem, she doesn't even really, it's not even like she is claiming that she had anything to do with their deaths. She seems, she doesn't seem remorseful, but she doesn't seem like she even thinks it has anything to do with her like you know she keeps telling Colby like well what do you think I did like what do you think like they're my children they're my babies like what would you why do you think I would do something so crazy so it's not even like she is taking any responsibility still mm, so there's a good say. possibility though then if she's gotten a decent attorney that they may try to plead insanity well they did so that's what I oh, okay. uh, yeah, they did try to plead insanity. They basically said she was not fit to stand trial. Um, yeah. But the courts, I don't know if this was, this was in like 2022 at least. Uh, it was just recently um, that they said that she had to stand trial, that they believe she was competent yeah. enough to stand trial. And, and she did admit to, she did admit this is a crazy like, why would I do something so crazy to my kids? No, no, like she never. Saying, so she, she's not admitting. She, she's not saying what she did was crazy. She's saying like, why would you think I would do something like that? Um, but no, she's not. She's not even trying to like say so it would be crazy. She didn't really kill her kids. She well, we don't know. We don't know what happened. So we don't know what exactly happened that um they, why, didn't so they even, exhume, why didn't they exhume alex's body and find out that he didn't really you know if, well, so if, that's the thing is that because the trial is ongoing none of their deaths have been um released to the public uh the cause of death has yeah, been released they, to the public they want to keep so, so, yeah, we don't know how any of them died we don't know how any of them died yet um whether it was like poisoning or you know force anything like that we don't know how they died so we basically have to wait till the trial to figure out what happened and whether or not she was involved hmm. that's interesting you know, it'll be fun yeah. to i guess fun's not the right word but it would be uh 
curious to to um find out how this kind of ends. Well, I do think, like I said before, like I think this one's getting kind of pushed. I think this was basically like a big news story for Idaho for this, but with the deaths mm-hmm. of the college students, I think that's going to basically push this case to the back burner for a lot of yeah. people. Right. Because like I said, I think, so January 5th, like which was just a couple days ago, is when she turned in her alibi um, and I didn't hear anything about it. I had, I was even surprised that that had happened when I was yeah. researching the story. Well, I still am wondering like, so now that they're in prison, are they still continuing their it doesn't say um, with God or whatever they're. It doesn't say. Um, all I mean, it are says, they trying to convince the other prisoners that you know time is at and then no, I mean, it, there's been no stories of that. There's no cults started in the Idaho right. prisons yet. Yet, yet that we know of, it could because, it could be happening. We yeah, just don't know yeah. about it. If really, if the end of time is coming, the prison might be a good place to be. There's well, so they were wrong. So they were proven to be wrong because they said the end of times was going to happen. Well, actually, maybe they're not wrong because they said it was going to happen in March of 2020. So they could have actually technically been the end of yeah, the end of some time. With the end of the world happened, it just didn't destroy everybody. It the way we expected it to. Right. They could have been right. I don't know. Maybe I'm the crazy one. What do you, what do you mean? Uh, the pandemic? Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, a lot of people did die from it. So. In March of 2020, they were like, you see? You see what's happening? Well, I don't know. Maybe not March. I can't remember the exact date, but it was 2020. They said it was going to happen in 2020. And that's so. what I mean. If you think about it, the pandemic, if anybody did, I would say that's a win if they predicted the world ended <laughs> in March of 2020 because the world as we knew it ended. Because even now that we're kind of st- past the pandemic, to say the very least, the way that things work still has not gone back to what it was. Right, probably. right. And yeah, a lot of people yeah. did die from the pandemic. So. Yeah. They were our right. Yeah, because like even just in the work world, you know, as a career, you know, kind of thing, it was like, oh, you have a cold, just come to work, push through. Now it's like, oh, you you got sneezes, you got allergies, stay home. We don't want you. Know. Yeah. So things have changed quite a bit. Yeah. But you know, back to the cult thing. It, you know, yeah, if they want to say that the world did really come to an end, that they could say that that was in the psychic powers of somebody. Yeah. Some psychic. Uh, yeah. yeah, like well, I said, in, 19, in 2020, I bet that whole group was like, look. Well, it, so, no, That's they really that. weren't. So, no, they really weren't because, so... The members that I saw in the documentary, obviously that this documentary was clear that Lori and Chad were guilty. So maybe other members had different ideas, but it seemed like multiple of these members or multiple of the people who were in that kind of community, whether or not it was in this small group or not, um, seemed to question Chad and Lori a lot now. Mm -hmm. Um, A lot of them said that they got too big for their britches. They basically thought, Thought of Chad and Lori thought of themselves as gods. 
um, which some of the people did not agree with after that. Um, but again, this is after everything has happened. They're now coming forward right. and basically saying like, oh, that's not what I thought. I promise. I promise. Um, even Melanie, the person that they claim JJ was with in Arizona, um, she testified against Lori in court saying that she was very upset that Lori um, claimed JJ was with her when he was not, nice. um, especially at this time where he is already presumed dead. Mm-hmm. So they all had a real reality check when things went. Yeah, I think so. I think it was a reality check of, oh, this is not where I want to be in life. Right, right. I, I Here's a thought for you guys. Do you think cults are prominent in other countries or is this a oh, yeah. state problem? No, it's it's prominent in a lot of other countries. Um, uh, gosh, what was the one in Japan? There was one in Japan... It was called like the death cult or something like that. And it like they um, released deadly toxins onto the subway in like eighties, oh. nineties. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then obviously Jonestown's was in Africa. Uh, yeah. But that was an American. We went, it was there. American, but it was in a cult in Africa. These, the people that were in the cult were from the African community. No, I don't think like so. It was, yes. It, yes. I think it was. No, yes, I think it was. These, Yes, that, that, in an oh. African, it was in an African community. Most of the members were from that African community. Some of the members came with Jim Jones, but most wow. of the people who died in the cult were from the African community. Oh, I didn't know that. I thought they were all from. No, Jim Jones took them all there. They created. No, he took a lot of people there, but uh, most of the people who died there were from the African community. I did not know that. Okay. Um, but yeah, this is all over the world. Well, if you look at what cults kind of the bottom line of a cult comes down to religion, right? Yeah. So everybody in the entire world, if everybody has, has a different view kind of religion, religion or yeah. view of religion, you're in a cult of some sense, right? Right. right. Yeah, the Christian. religion in itself is a yeah, cult, right. whether you're right, exactly. deep into it or not, right. Even if you deem yourself as an atheist, that's a you can True. say that that's a cult because it's just, you have that same thought process. But yeah, it's like you. In the end, we're all in some type of quote unquote quote cult. Because we all believe what somebody else is telling us, right? We and, all believe in that leader giving us right, exactly. I mean, right. like we're all we were raised Christian. We're all Christian on this podcast, but. You know, that's something too where we believe that the what the Bible says is true, but how do we know that that is true? That Bible has been around for thousands of years. How oh, do we think- know as, in 2023 now that what is in that Bible is what actually is the truth that was told? You know, so but again, this was just like you get ten that? people and you start the story at one end of the yeah, story, right. and, and then by t- by the end of that story, you've got yeah, millions of different stories. I'm yeah, sure that right. some of I'm, I'm sure that some of our Bible is the truth. Well, the thing it, is, too, is, been, that's a good that's a perfect analogy of the Christianity yeah, and the, uh, the Bible because 100%. it's 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 you it started out again. We are have been whitewashed into in the Christianity faith because Jesus is not a white man. Yeah, you know, like I think people need to realize that Mary is not a white woman. Jerusalem and, you know, is not in America. At, right, exactly. But 
that's it. Like the, the Bible was written, not in English. So right. it was written in a different language, then translated, then translated again. And it was translated by multiple different people. That's why we have multiple different versions of the Bible, but also it was translated by more liberal people or by more conservative people. So you get different. And every time you read the Bible, it's not the same as you read it the last time because you're in a different place in your life. So things have a different meaning to you. So the translation we know is a meaning that whoever translated the Bible from that other language, that's what it meant to them. That's what those translations Because you got to think too, most languages have this like different English language or German. You are saying the same word like German. The word for hate and have is the exact same word. It's just how you use it in your language. Right. And I was just, I'm just thinking by Rumstrang, the the song Du Haas, which I grew up always thinking, oh, it's you hate me. But the translation is you have me. Mm -hmm. So like you, I just just did a deep dive on this song. So it's like, but that's what like I grew up thinking the song meant something completely different. And then I really did a, a translation on the song and it's more about you have me and it's more about I love you. I love you not kind of song, but I grew up thinking it's a, you hate me because I, you know, like I'm worthless type of thing, you know? So right. I think that's something too, is that we need to like take a step back and look at, you know, like what we know is may not be what was actually said or what that is interpreted we know for a fact that it was interpreted incorrectly we know that it was interpreted by people who wanted to change the language of right. what the bible right. meant we know that there was right. terms and people yeah. right it met their agendas we know that pedophilia was taken out, taken out of the bible and input with homophobia right. so we know that that happened we know that we have evidence of them physically changing the text of the bible to fit the narrative to fit their wants yeah. and needs right yes all right do you think your story is going to end do you think i hope i hope that both chad and Lori are convicted of this Yes. But unfortunately, until we know how both Ty Lee and JJ were killed, um, we don't know if they had anything to do with their murder. So at most, they'll get very light sentences for the crimes of, uh, like Chad, like I said, Chad basically has destroying evidence, which I think maybe is max 25. Um, and then Lori um, is just abandonment of a child, which I don't think is a very high sentence. So Hopefully they get murder charges, but at worst, this could be another Casey Anthony, unfortunately. I know, but they both were um, conspiracy. They knew they had they they had the evidence. They knew they were hiding evidence. But that's the thing is same with same with same with Kate, same with Casey Anthony is she everyone. Her daughter was missing for 31 days. She knew her daughter was missing for 31 days. But they can't prove that she had anything to do with the murder of her daughter. So she is a free woman to this day. Essentially, you can't be charged for being a shitty parent. Yeah, you can't be charged. Well, you can. And this is what Lori's being charged with is abandonment of child. But it's not a high sentence. It's not a high sentence. And that is why Casey is free is because she did serve time. Yeah. For abandonment of a child, but because it was like such a long time between 
the, the trial and yeah. trial and that she basically had time served, which was three years. Yeah. yeah. But and our system, think- our system needs to, our system needs to change. And you as a young generation need to change that, that. Well, I think we are, I think we are trying to change that, but it is you working are- in- you are you are just like these parents that the, these kids that are killing and having that six year old having the weapon, a loaded wow. gun, taking it to the school. My goodness, it could have happened anywhere. There could have been it more. Has happened everywhere. This is, I know, it is not those parents should be charged with murder. Mm-hmm. Those parents well, not dead yet. She's not dead yet. So let's yeah. hope and pray that she doesn't die because she's still right. alive. Yeah. Um, um, but but yeah, the parents will be charged. The parents will. The parents will be charged. It's the same thing that happened with Michigan. Yeah, it's the same thing that happened in Michigan. The parents will be charged. They are in response to the th- the child, but that's a different case altogether. That's a that's assault yeah. of a person. Where this yeah. is just child abandonment i know but i mean and we live in a country where we consider you know a woman's job to be a mother and nothing else right exactly that doesn't help with the child abandonment issues because people some people just are not meant to be parents some people are just not meant to have children and we see that day in and day out especially with these cases but she got into that cult she started the cult and she, she knew what she, and she knew what she was doing. But she started and she knew that, she and started she knew that her brother killed numerous people. So her brother killed people for her. She probably told him to kill them. Right. So she and she's dead now, so he can't do anything against her. But there are other people in that cult that knew that. So hopefully they will come forward. We'll see. We will see. Hopefully, hopefully the trial will be in the spring of 2023 this year. Um, we're just waiting so. for that. We'll see. Yeah. Yes. But that is all we that have is. for today's episode. That's all that there is. Well, we look forward to finding a answer to this. Answer. We will yes. update. We will update when we have updates available. When we do our update show, this will definitely be one that we touch <laughs> on. Yeah. All right. All right, guys. Anybody got anything else to contribute? No. All I right, hope guys. they get served. <laughs> hope All right. They, hope it's a good conclusion. Yeah. Benefits okay. of the children. <laughs> okay, Dad, it's your turn. <laughs> Is it? <laughs> Can I come All up right, with <laughs> Have a good night. Have a nice week. We'll see everybody back here next the same time next week. And I appreciate everybody stop uh, stopping by and hit that like button. Okay? Bye guys. Bye. 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 We'll meet again next week. Alexa played the famous school of thought.